Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking baseball with you here on the show. Yes, of course, as you all well know, the Colorado Rockies season hath mercifully come to an end. And uh, of course, I'm going to have plenty of thoughts on the Rockies, their season, individual players, areas of need, off-season acquisitions, transactions, all that kind of stuff coming up. But I figured I'd try to squeeze this one in here now uh, and do a little bit of postseason preview, even though we've already gotten started. We're, we're technically underway. A couple of games being played as I speak now, and Cleveland has already defeated Tampa Bay 2-1 to one in uh, that set. So this is... Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be weird to pick some of these things because very quickly after me speaking the words now, I'll probably be wrong, right? Because that's 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 what we do here. We it's basically the job. We uh, predict the future and then we're wrong. <laughs> but uh, let me start at the very end. <laughs> I'll start with my World Series matchup and then I'll go back through and talk about some of the interesting things, I think. Uh, looking at each of these sets going forward. But I was asked this question the other day, of course, on our radio network. And and you guys got to be checking out Anilo and Cody Rourke doing their thing uh, from 4 to 6 on Mile High Sports Radio. Uh, But they, uh, you know, were asking me, all right, this is the question, right? World Series matchup. And now that you can answer this with your head and you can answer this with your heart. And I did uh, like a halfway in between to some extent, but I think we're in for a subway series and that can be really annoying and frustrating for those of us outside of New York. Uh, I think it would be fun if the Mets beat the Yankees in, in certain ways. Um, I really like that Mets team, the players, I've talked before about some of the issues I have with people thinking that, well, if you just spend a whole lot of money the way, you know, the owner has, it's automatically going to lead to results. And there were some problematic things with some of their front office guys, but I think a lot of that has been dealt with. For me, on the National League side, from a player's standpoint, the Mets are the most fun team to root for. They've got Edwin Diaz with the the big trumpet thing going on. He's really the one National League closer you could argue has been better than Daniel Bard this year. Uh, Slightly better ERA, slightly fewer saves. Humongo strikeout numbers that are just absolutely... It's over 17 per nine. Edwin Diaz has been absolutely ridiculous, Uh, right? They... I've mentioned before, but they went and had the offseason that I wanted the Rockies to have, which was acquiring Mark Canna and Starling Marte. Uh, they, and they, as much as they are a team that has a lot of built-in advantages of being a New York team and now of having all that money, and it looks like, you know, some pretty, at least competent ownership, if not some ownership that, of course, people are feeling really high on right now, you know, they haven't had a lot of exce- uh, success lately. Or ever, <laughs> in general, right? They, of course, the the, the one bittersweet ele- element of this for me specifically, uh, or for Rockies fans who enjoy schadenfreude, is that they were always kind of one of the teams you could point to and say, you know, the Rockies may be poorly managed, but they're nowhere near as poorly managed as the Mets, right? Precisely because they have all of those built-in advantages and still manage to be pretty much just as as much of failures but 
it's a an easy group to root for. It has been long enough that uh, that you feel like okay, you know, it's not like the rich get richer where it will be with some of these other teams. You know, a lot of the teams that are waiting around right now for their <laughs> you know next uh, round opponent because they got first round buys. You know, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Astros and haven't we had enough of them? Haven't we had enough of that? So. You know, we'll we'll see who it's going to be. I think in the National League, the Mets are my... So I guess if you want to call it the dark horse or the darling pick or the team that people... Uh, and it's weird to say root for a team from New York as the team that is uh, the underdogs. And, and because... And, and, and Elo said that this to me on the show the other day, and he's absolutely right. Like, there's a scenario where the Mets like win the World Series this year and then add Aaron Judge in the offseason. Because remember, he's going to be a big free agent. He just hit all those home runs. The Mets are spending money like crazy. I could absolutely see that happening, right? And so, however long they're kind of darlings or underdogs or or not the big evil dynastic corporate machine to, to be conquered in the end, right? They're not the final boss yet. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, those guys are the final boss. But I think it's very possible the Mets can become that over the next couple of years. So it's maybe like, enjoy it now because it's possible this team is going to be what a lot of people thought the Padres were going to be. Uh, So that of course is their opponent. So that means that I've got the Padres going down here uh, in their first round matchup after again, everything. And now, now of course it's convenient for me to say, right? If the Padres come out here and just slap the Mets around, uh, th- that's kind of funny too. On the other side of some of the other stuff I was just talking about with the Mets, so then you, then you can still kind of do a little bit of lol Mets, but it's getting really lol Padres is the truth of the matter, isn't it? it? It's been a long, tough journey for this team. They are one of the very few, I think there are two teams in major league baseball that have a worse like total record, right? Just in their entire history. Then do the Rockies and the Padres are one of them. They're the only team that's been around longer uh, than the Rockies that have a worse record. That I know. And, you know, it's been so long since they had been to the postseason until these last couple of years. And then they made some great moves. They got a couple of great players. And there was sort of this weird rush to decide that they were a dynasty of the future. And it hasn't panned out. And a lot of things have not gone their way. Some of it been very, very unlucky, but it's, I don't know. Again, it's, there's schadenfreude either way there, right? And if, if there's a part of you that just says, you know, yeah, it's tough being in this division and when all the off seasons and trade deadlines you want. And I think that's the thing particular. It's not even about the Padres. Honestly, the Padres team is other than Manny Machado. I've never, I've never really liked Manny Machado, and that's a whole thing that we can get into. But most people know and understand what that's about. It goes back to his days in Baltimore before he was even with the dead. Like, he's always kind of had this weird attitude that when it comes to, to baseball, it's weird. You know what? It's funny. I saw, I don't know if you all have seen these shirts. They're, they're kind of based on the NBA Jam style, right? And in NBA Jam, there were only two players, right? It was every basketball, and it was in the 90s, right? So if you were the Jazz, it was, you were Stockton and Malone. And if you were the Bulls, you were Jordan and Pippen, right? And so everything's two players. So they've got these shirts where it's two players and a kind of old school video game, digital pixelated art. 
And then it's got their stats underneath. And it's got like hitting, power, defense, and hustle or something like that. And a lot of teams have these. Like the Rockies have them. And I think it's got Chris Bryant and Charlie Blackman on there, right? Uh, and in years past, it was like Nolan and Charlie. These are kind of like limited edition things. But every team has these. And the official one for like the team with, I think it was Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado on there has Manny Machado's hustle like all the way down at zero. Like when your own team, when your own stats, when you yourself have to admit that like you don't hustle, like that's just, <laughs> you know. So that that's why it's always been a little bit difficult for me to to root for Manny Machado despite the fact that he is extremely talented and, and, and that is very frustrating. And he's probably the best third baseman in baseball this year just over uh, that guy in, in St. Louis. But, it, you know... Again, there's a way to look at the Padres as a Cinderella story if it goes the other way as much as, like I was just saying, more even than the Rockies. They've been around longer and had less success. They haven't won the World Series since, I think, 1998? And they've been in two. I know that San Diego Padres have been around since 1969. And they've played in the World Series twice. Right? So... There is a way in which you go, it'd be cool to see them do it. Um, but th- there's also a way at which, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like everything came together. It, it's hard for me to root for anyone who's anointed before things have even started. And that's that's always been my relationship with this particular version of the San Diego Padres. That said... And, and and also, as, as a lot of you know, there's a weird relationship between Rockies fans and Padres fans on Twitter, which I have seen a lot of the weird, like, Padre fan behavior out there, which is anything. But there, there are obviously, there are good Padres fans, just like there are great Rockies fans who have been through it, man. And if they end up winning, I'll be very happy uh, for those people. Uh, the other National League series happening right now, actually, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals just went up a moment ago as me, as I'm uh, speaking this, maybe by the time I'm done, that game might be over. But right now it's 2-0 St. Louis. Uh, I do have St. Louis winning the series. Again, though, if you're rooting for chaos, which is usually more often than not what I root for, uh, I think it would be really interesting to see what happens if that Cardinals team goes down. There's a there's a couple of reasons why I think just kind of for, well, obviously for, for the chaos reason, it, you know, if Nolan Arenado and this still has that opt-out and a lot of his talk throughout the years has been, you know, all about getting past that first round of the postseason, not just getting there and being out or, or not getting there at all, right? Not being a a wild card team. You wanted to win the division, and they did, but they also won the worst division, certainly in the National League, arguably the worst division in baseball, and got to beat up on all these other teams, right? He just got out of the division where the Dodgers were. You know, if the, the Cardinals had been playing in the National League West, Nolan Arenado still wouldn't have won the division. And if he goes out in the first round, how is it really that much different? Now, he again, th- these are all thoughts. And if he ends up going back to St. Louis, no matter what, then he ends up going back and, and, and it's all moot. But I do wonder what happens if they go down, especially like if they if they just aren't, you know, if they get swept here, though, it looks like they're about to take this first game. So, uh, so there you go. <laughs> but 
on the flip side, and I said this in the Discord the other day, and it was really funny just as I was thinking about it, I, I don't have any feelings about this Philadelphia Phillies team. Kind of strange. Normally you've got some thoughts, some feelings, some ideas. Like I know the roster, I know the players, some of them I like, some of them I go, eh, it's fine. You know, I've always been, I have an interesting relationship with that Kyle Schwarber type, right? The Joey Gallo type and... The Gallo had an awful year this year, but when he was good type, uh, you know, the guys who can really launch him, strike out a bunch, don't hit for any kind of batting average, take a bunch of walks, aren't really, uh, you know, Gallo was a, a, a decent defender. Schwarber's a decent defender, but certainly not these like super athletes who are, are going to make these dynamic, you know, game changing plays for you. So it really comes down to the home run ball. Um, but he's fun to watch hit, you know, whatever. It just, that that's the funny one to me where it's like, uh, so I wouldn't say I'm like rooting for the Phillies or that I, you know, whatever. And and on the flip side of it, I will say, um, as somebody who's probably been more harsh on Nolan Arenado in his post Rockies time uh, than most, uh, which I, I always find funny. Like there's this, well, whatever. Uh, let's not get into that right now. But the, the fact of the matter is, like most people out here, I'd love to see him, you know, get all the success in the world. As much as I thought he was a bit of a jerk in some of the things he said and did in his post-Rockies career, and actually in a lot of the things he said and did while he was here, uh, th- there were a number of things that I think just, you know, weren't really fair. That if I think if he had done them with a, a different kind of a more abrasive attitude, more publicly, you know, he'd, he'd have a bit more of a reputation as a prima donna. Because I thought a lot of it was prima donna behavior. And that's too bad. Because he's an extraordinary talent. That said, I said many times while he was here, and and I said, we'll continue to say in the future, he's the best third baseman ever. Uh, He should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And at the end of the day, you know, lots of guys have egos and say and do dumb things and force their way onto teams and... Uh, not everyone's the perfect teammate and and all that other stuff. You you want to see great talents win in the end. Uh, I do always balk at the nation uh, notion, if you'll uh, forgive the, the, the baseball pun there, of, you know, guys deserving things. I'll hear people say this every once in a while. People said this when Nolan left. He deserves to play on a winner. And then people say this. They, they, he deserves to win a championship. I don't believe in that. I just fundamentally disagree with that statement pretty much whenever it's used. I don't believe, you know, that anyone deserves just for being a great player to play on a great team because that would logically mean that everyone who's a great player would have to play on one of a handful of teams and all the rest of the teams shouldn't be allowed to have great players. That's just logically what that means. Is that, you know, it's sad that Ernie Banks never got to win the World Series. That's a bummer. But it's not sad that Ernie Banks was a lifetime Cub, was Mr. Cub, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, greatest Cub of all time. And, you know, he could have maybe tacked on at the end of his career with some team and and, and won that World Series ring. And you could say he deserves that. He deserves that. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I just never looked at it that way. You know, I... But I, but you do root for, you know, the best to be rewarded with that at some point. Again, it's not about a matter of deserving it, but I'll be happy if he wins it. 
Um, he deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be remembered as one of the greatest third basemen of all time because those are things you can earn with individual merit. But a World Series is a team achievement. And the only team and, and, and the only ones who deserve to win it are the, the best team. Right? It's not an individual award, especially in baseball. So moving over now to the American League. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, after that, I've got the, the Mets going all the way, though. I'm probably wrong. Uh, and, and hopefully so. Because <laughs> uh, no one wants to see New York versus New York in, in, in the finals. The finals. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But <laughs> I just revert to like a college basketball guy there for a second. Um is both my parents, their Lawrence upbringing. That is the problem. Well, they were up brought. College was Lawrence. But uh, all right. In the American League, I do have Cleveland over Tampa because I just think Cleveland is riding momenta and Tampa is stuck in the, boy, we sure are mostly pretty good most of the time. Like <laughs> they're, they're, they're a good team, but they're just not an exciting team. Uh, and, and Cleveland's got some fun things going on. I think they got a great lineup. Uh, I've got them taking that set. Easier for me to say because they've already won the first game as I'm speaking now, but still, it's, it's who I had. Uh, this really bums me out that Seattle and Toronto are playing each other. These are my two favorite teams in the entire postseason. These were the two teams that I'd kind of latched on throughout the year as the Rockies faded and, and that I, I really got into. Of course, I've liked Toronto for a couple of years. They've got, uh, you know, the whole 90s players, kids thing going on. It's hard not to root for Bichette. It's hard not to root for Guerrero. It's hard not to root for Rymel Tapia. And he's been doing his thing, helping out that squad. So excited about that. Um, Seattle is up on them 3 nothing in the second inning as I'm recording right now. So we'll see where that one goes. And of course, Seattle is super exciting. They haven't been there since 2001. Uh, they got J-Rod. They got, you know, all the all, all this fun momentum and, and, and juice around them. They're making big moves. They're adding uh, Luis Castillo and then signing him like they're doing things. The uh, Talk about a, a fan base that's been starved for it. So that's really too bad because I, I would have preferred to see these two teams uh, both have a chance to make a deep run. Obviously, it can't work out that way. I would have taken either of them over both Tampa or Cleveland. I said that weird. Uh, <laughs> or or any of the teams waiting around, right? So that's really too bad. Uh, I am going to pick Seattle because, again, I think they've got that momentum going. Uh, I, I think they've just got, uh, especially with the way that they finished out the season, uh, a lot of the right momentum, as I've often s said, and, and I didn't make it up. Lots of people have said in, in baseball, a lot of times it's not even about being the best team. About, it's about who's playing the best at the right time. That was the case with Atlanta last year. They came into the postseason with the lowest number of total wins, but they also came into the postseason with a whole lot of momentum that drove them to, to kind of get there in the last place. Right, 2007 Rockies, same thing. Just all the momentum in the world just to get get there and then you carry it in to the postseason with Seattle already up three nothing in the second inning uh, of their first game that that kind of goes to what I'm talking about they're just playing good ball right now uh, I think they're gonna win that set and I'm gonna be bummed but if they don't you better believe it's gonna be because of Rymel Tapia uh, so I and I said before gosh I'm pretty sure I said I've got Cleveland over Tampa yes I did because yeah all right 
So, uh, but unfortunately, I've got them all losing to New York. But if I'm picking with my heart, I'll take the winner of the Seattle-Toronto series. That's what I want. You know, if, if it was up to me, it'd be the Mariners and the Mets or the Blue Jays and the the Phillies or, or, or something, right? None of these teams because, and again, I, I often root for chaos because I, I think baseball is the sport where oftentimes there is the most amount of room for chaos and, and for things to go away other than what we thought. And I'm always a bit bemused by the analysts and the fans who usually using certain numbers will come out and very confidently state things about the future. This is what it's going to be. And so I sit here and I go, yeah, you know, I think New York versus New York. And on paper, that's a really, you know, it's a really reasonable, really wise pick. But if it ends up being the Mariners and, you know, Atlanta or whoever, like it, it could be really, it could be any two teams that are in the mix right now, right? It's all about who's playing well at this time. The one thing that I think it'll be interesting to keep our eyes on is do these first place teams that get a buy, you know, do they cool off? Any of them, if they were playing well, do they come in a little bit rusty? We all know about the the cooling off thing as Rockies people, right? And so you you wonder about that. It is for the first step of the postseason, not the World Series, but still. Uh, that's something I'll be keeping an eye on. But this should be a fun one. I'm really glad this round exists as it stands right now because for me, this is a lot of the most fun baseball. You really don't know. I feel like each one of these sets really does feel like kind of a toss-up because the strong favorites are all sitting around waiting, right? And and that's great. I think it's great for the game of baseball that these teams are in. I hope these series are mostly competitive. That's really the thing I'm rooting for the most is that it doesn't feel like a waste of people's time and, and the people who are against expanding the post postseason go uh see this is watered down postseason baseball we get some really good postseason games they're competitive they're tight they're back and forth they're exciting and maybe some of these teams ride that momentum into the next round and we get more great baseball that's what i'm rooting for those are the two things good fun exciting baseball and for new people to win sick and tired are the old standbys uh the cardinals the yankees the dodgers the astros we're tired of it somebody else So that's what I'm rooting for. Somebody else. Uh, But that's what I've got. Let me know what you've got out on Twitter, in the Discord, wherever you're feeling talking like baseball with me. Just hit me up. Make sure you're reading all the written content over at milehighsports.com. You're checking out all of the other podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And you are checking out the radio station. That's 98.1 FM on your dials. A lot of fun on there, especially 4 to 6 with Anilo and Cody doing their thing. But great shows up and down the line. A lot of good people here at Mile High Sports doing a lot of fantastic work. I've uh, been really excited to be on the team for the last year and uh, really excited about the future. So, again, let me know what you think about all that stuff. And otherwise, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.